Welcome to Inside New Mexico. I'm Derek Underhill, and I'm talking with the chairman of our Republican Party of New Mexico, former congressman of the 2nd Congressional District of New Mexico, Steve Pierce. And Steve, welcome to the program. I was in Grants yesterday, and the big headline on the newspaper says, We're broke. City is broke. And so they've got to come up with the money to keep services going. Are you seeing this anywhere else in the state? We know California was facing this six or seven years ago. The pension systems are what are causing them the troubles out there. And so the communities that would actually file bankruptcy then came loose from that pension obligation. Uh, Those who didn't had to do exactly what you're talking about. They had to lay off people. So I think it was uh, one of the towns up close to San Jose that laid off their entire workforce. They were down to 50% of the police, 50% of the fire But they had a four-story building with different administrative offices there. All of them were empty. It was just the mayor and a part-time receptionist. And she, when she would go to the bathroom, she would have a a little sticky note she'd put out saying, uh, "In the restroom, hold on a minute." Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So you just can't make this stuff up. But these are all a result of shutting down an economy. I'm sure that cities in South Dakota are doing fine. They never shut down their economies. Never shut down the businesses never gave all the businesses to the big box stores. I think Grants probably doesn't have many big box stores, so people drove into Albuquerque. Walmart's the only big store there. So that's the total result of what's going on. And then if you look at the policies, everywhere the businesses are complaining that they can't find workers. And that's because the workers are being paid more to stay at home. And people are blaming the workers, but they're making actually a very sound decision. They make more money doing this or more money doing that. They'll do which one brings more money. So when we have businesses that can't find workers, then they can't get uh, revenue. And when they don't get revenue, they don't pay taxes. And the gross receipts taxes fund most of our city operations. And so it doesn't matter which city you're in. But the policies coming out of Washington are actually very counterproductive to letting our communities heal and letting our businesses heal. There was a fascinating article, just a study that I had access to just recently, and it talks about that the Republican states are the ones bringing back the jobs at 17 of the top 20 states. It's Republican governors. All the top 12 states, they're all Republicans. And six states with the lowest unemployment, they're all Republican. However, if you look at the other side, the states with the highest unemployment, the 10 top states are Democrat states. New Mexico, by the way, is one of those top 10 states. Of course. Yeah, of course. And so you think, okay, there is a difference between Democrat and Republican administrations. 22 states, and they're all Republican now, are turning down that extra money that Washington is sending out for unemployment, that extra 300 bucks. That's the difference between people saying, well, I'm making more to stay at home than I would to work. So 22 Republican states have said, no, we're going to turn that money down. They're leaving it in the federal government, and those states are the ones that are succeeding the best. In New Mexico, we're paying people not to work, and so I hear across New Mexico that they can't find workers. How can businesses operate if you don't have workers? And so we're going to see more communities like Grants that just aren't able to pay their bills. Grants has got tremendous problems because of shutdown of the big power plant, and we have just an outflow of jobs there. You being from Grants, what are you seeing as the potential to replace those jobs? Well, they're opening a greenhouse to grow marijuana since we've legalized that. So that's uh, 
I guess you could say that's a green industry. I don't know if it's what we want, but if you're out of a job, I guess anything is good. And then I understand the power plant that closed recently in Grants will be opening as a hydrogen power plant. So that will create some jobs, but nothing like the days of uranium mining. And there's a great reason that we should be exploring the nuclear field. It is the only absolutely clean energy, and yet uh, uranium doesn't have a science problem. It's got a political problem, and the left doesn't want these nuclear reactors working to provide electricity. The power density is a concept that talks about the amount of power you can get from every square foot. Nothing even comes close to the nuclear power plants in providing power for small footprints and it's absolutely clean. I just think that one day we're going to really look back and look at the destruction that we've done to the world economy. I think we're going to see that this could take decades to bounce back from where we are right now in many of the states and maybe even in the entire world. Well, you mentioned uh, what our governor is doing that is counterproductive to our coming out of the COVID-19 downturn. And I read that the money that came from the federal government was uh, supposed to be distributed by our state legislature, and she kept it to do herself. Have you seen that? Yes. So it was like $1.8 billion, and the legislature is saying, no, that we're required by the Constitution of New Mexico to be the one spending the money. And she was simply refusing. But then you have that other agency, which evidently did not file its reports on time, and so we're going to have to send millions of dollars back to Washington that had come here to help people during this time of stress. And one more evidence that this administration has no clue about how to govern is that they're having to send money back at a time when our budgets are are going to be very strained in the very near future. And then I don't blame her for wanting to use her daughter who has a business doing hair and makeup. But even I know, and I'm not in politics, you can't use campaign money for that. That's a a well-known law. How would she not know that? I mean, she could have easily paid for it out of her own pocket. Why in the world would she use campaign money and jeopardize her governorship for that? Well, that's a great question, Derek. And in fact, The Federalist had a tremendous article just this last week. Tristan Justice wrote about that. And why don't we talk about that in our next segment? We'll discuss The Federalist article about the scandals that are mounting for the New Mexico governor, Michelle Lujan Grisham. Attention, New Mexico veterans. If you were honorably discharged from the U.S. Armed Forces, you've earned state and federal benefits, and the New Mexico Department of Veteran Services is standing by to assist you. State benefits include a veteran's property tax exemption, education and training, and transportation services. We can also assist with claims for federal VA benefits. The state of New Mexico and this radio station thank you for your service. More information at nmveterans.org or 1-866-433-8387. Welcome back to Inside New Mexico. We are talking with Steve Pierce, our chairman of the Republican Party of New Mexico. We will be talking about the Federalist article that you mentioned, but I did want to mention, too, I'm noticing the prices of everything going through the roof. Food is going up, construction, lumber, concrete, everything. Is that because we're printing so much more money now to try and stave off the effects of 
constant spending by the government? Yeah, the printing of money absolutely devalues it. And so we're seeing extremely rampant inflation coming in. And people typically don't know exactly what inflation means. So just uh, last night, I was talking to a friend of mine who runs a restaurant here in Hobbs. And he was telling me that the price of his cooking oil had gone from $16 to like 36 to 66 to 96 And they just got notice that it's going to go up to $116 next week. From 16 to 116 in a month or two, the price of his chicken used to be $48 for a case. And now then his chicken's going to be like $96 a case. And so you're seeing these prices increase in the wholesale foods. And that's going to then drive the price up in our restaurants. When the price of food goes up in restaurants, I think that you will be seeing a $30 cost for each meal for each person at the table. Not many people are going to pay that. And so our restaurants who are already struggling are now going to be faced with inflation and people are going to stop eating out because they simply can't afford it. Like you mentioned, the price of gasoline is already over $3. And so people will be spending up their money on these essentials and they won't have extra money to do anything whether it be travel or take the kids out to the lake for a weekend and so inflation is about to cut into our lifestyle and that is simply because washington under president biden is printing so much money it is very destructive to the long-term health of a country and that's what we're seeing now imagine that you've got money in the bank that money, maybe maybe if you had a half million dollars in the bank, you'd saved up your whole life and you're ready to retire, that half million would have kind of supplemented uh, Social Security. But now then, with the price of food going up to double or triple what it has been and the price of gasoline going up, you with $500,000 in the bank are not going to see that money go very far at all because you're paying double and triple. And so that's what we're going to see. The seniors and the lower income people are the ones who are going to be hurt the most from this printing of money. And it's absolutely predictable. Even the very wealthy class is beginning to worry and be alarmed about the inflation. So people who are so critical of Trump and voted for Biden are suddenly seeing that there is a difference. They're seeing the Republican states that are succeeding the Democrat states that are not. They realize that we have a federal government. The U.S. is totally controlled by Democrats, and they worry that the U.S. is going to fail exactly like the Democrat states are failing. Wouldn't President Biden know, though? I mean, there's history that shows when you print more money, the value of it goes down. It's like anything else. If a car dealer has too many cars on the lot, what does he do? He lowers the price of the cars. When the president does this, for whatever reason, he must know what the effects will be. Many times your people in political office are listening to staffers and those staffers will convince them that what they know intuitively is not correct. And so he's getting advice to do what he's doing and he's not even asking the essential questions. You're starting to see a lot of tapes and a lot of videos out where it's really exposing how out of touch he is and kind of the difficulty he has in making associations. And so that's the problem that we're facing right now. They're not going to be able to stem this tide because he's in for four years and his staff is urging things that are going to cause tremendous destruction to our economy and to our population. Well, what I'm seeing from the businesses I work with and a lot of small mom and pop type businesses, they're afraid to make any kind of investment, say in new equipment or expand their business because they're just not sure what's going to happen. It's very much like what happened under the Obama administration. Very slow growth. We kind of chugged along, but it wasn't booming like it was during the Trump administration. And I think until there's some stability 
in the government and what they're going to do, this is how it's going to be for a while. Yeah, there's two things that are essential for businesses, and that's predictability and some idea of what's going to happen in the future. Right now, with the crazy amount of executive orders coming out of the Oval Office, with the radical suggestions that are being pushed by either the House or the Senate or both, They haven't gotten some of those through, but they're pushing them, and that causes people to be uncertain, and that uncertainty causes them to hunker down and not invest. Under Trump, you're seeing people with pretty wild enthusiasm. They were out putting money into new projects. Expansion was going on. You saw a lot of building happening, and that's going to begin to curtail. Number one, because inflation is driving the prices up, the prices of housing, for instance, the price of lumber going up, It's the price of lumber is like three or four times what it was last year. And so now you're having a house that used to be maybe 250000 it's going to be 300000 or even three fifty, And so that's going to price people out of the market. It's going to be too uncertain for people to be changing. So you're going to see this rapid growth of the last four years It's already come to a screeching halt, but it's even going to slow down worse because of exactly what you're talking about, the lack of predictability. doesn't do any good to build houses if people can't afford to buy them. Yeah. So we are really facing a dramatic downturn in our economy. And now then the people who voted for Biden are starting to question that. Studies are starting to show that maybe President Trump was right about where this COVID-19 virus came from. Even Dr. Fauci is saying, well, you know, it may have actually come from Wuhan. Why are we finding this out now? Yeah, because the media and Dr. Fauci did not want us to know last year. They didn't want to have this potential affirmation of Trump out in the public. So I think that Fauci was misleading people. I think that the WHO was misleading people. The Chinese were definitely misleading people. So Washington was playing along with it in order to see that Trump wasn't reelected. Now, then Joni Ernst, senator from Iowa, I know her pretty well. She was making comments this last week. She pointed out last year that the U.S. government was funding one of the agencies in our government. They were giving money to a nonprofit. And that nonprofit then was transferring $600,000 over to the Wuhan labs. And Dr. Fauci said he knew nothing about it. And she just called him out on public TV saying, that's laughable. You're in charge of the operation. She said, I pointed it out last year. And so for you now to kind of look with that blank look in your eye and say that you knew nothing about it doesn't generate much confidence in our leaders But yeah, it looks like that finally the press is going to pick up enough and put enough pressure to cause the Biden administration to start doing some investigation into the Wuhan labs. The problem is that right now Biden is saying that they're going to let the WHO, the World Health Organization, do that study. And one of the members on the team that will do the study has already said that, well, he believed China last year when they told him. And so you think, okay, they're going into this with a bias. Now, the president, President Trump at that point, was always pointing out that the WHO seemed to be in bed with the Chinese and that they were actually parroting many of the things that the Chinese wanted them to say. So when Biden says, yes, we're going to do a study, and then he kind of winks and nods and says, we're going to let the WHO do it understand that means that we're really not trying to find the truth. And when we don't find the truth, the people of America are more at risk. And so uh, it it just is one catastrophe after another under this administration. The Democrats wanted to form a January 6th commission to study what happened, and the Republicans filibustered it. So the Republicans have done that? 
I think so. It had turned into be a political game. Uh, you're not investigating any of the destruction done by the Marxists, the leftists, and you're going to put in front of the American people that what happened on January the 6th was a revolution, that it was insurrection. I think that the Republicans were smart to say, no, we're not going to play that sham of a game. If you want to investigate all the groups, that's one thing. But you got to investigate the left and the right. You can't just be sitting out here creating a false narrative that something happened which uh, didn't. So I think that uh, the Republicans were exactly right to filibuster that. So they should also then investigate when that group took over six blocks in a police station in Portland. That should be investigated the same as what happened on January 6th. Absolutely. And the destruction throughout Minneapolis and uh, Milwaukee and all the other cities. Take a look at who's behind all that destruction. Many of the times the families of the people who have been killed are saying, wait, we don't want this kind of destruction in our city. We want questions answered, but we don't want the destruction. And so that was just absolutely Marxist groups coming, and a lot of them funded, I think, from outside the country. And they're creating this chaos and destruction. And the Democrats say, well, that's okay. That's peaceful protesting. So it's time for this country to have a very serious look at any kind of disruption that is tearing apart the fabric of our country. We'll be back with more in just a moment on Inside New Mexico. On behalf of the New Mexico Department of Health, take COVID-19 precautions. Wash your hands frequently for 20 seconds. Don't touch your face. Use a tissue or your elbow to catch your sneeze or cough. Avoid large gatherings and close contact with sick people, especially if you are elderly or high risk. If you have a cough, fever, or shortness of breath, stay home from work or school. Do not go to the ER or doctor's office without first calling the coronavirus hotline. And avoid all unnecessary out-of-state travel. Help prevent the spread of COVID-19. Welcome back to Inside New Mexico as I chat with our chairman of the Republican Party of New Mexico, Steve Pierce. Let's get to that story in The Federalist. As we mentioned early in the program, Tristan Justice of The Federalist has written a very significant article about the scandals which are mounting for New Mexico Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham. She actually begins by quoting a series of articles by Searchlight New Mexico, which are pointing out and exposing how that the governor is really doing things that are not legal. And so this last article, the, the governor has come out and she supported using the encrypted message system of Signal. That's an app that allows you to delete automatically or it, you can delete right now. It's very difficult to get into that. And so what it's doing is is creating a potential violation of the New Mexico statutes. The New Mexico Public Records Act talks about these things. Lawyers have to be able to go in and get access to public records, and yet they're permanently deleted. And this is at the full approval of the governor. We had talked a couple of weeks ago about how CYFD had started using Signal and was deleting these records. Well, then uh, the two whistleblowers that brought it up from inside the agency, they were both fired and so that article in The Federalist brings up that whole series of events where it's showing that the governor is trying to hide everything they're doing. They don't want accountability. They don't want transparency, no matter what they're saying to the public. And so they go on to then kind of highlight all the scandals that this governor has faced. And that began with the lockdown when she was telling people that jewelry stores were not essential. And yet she was going out shopping for her own jewelry. Then it was talking about she shut down the grocery stores. 
and you only had certain hours and you had to keep a certain amount of spacing. And so seniors were waiting in line five and six hours to get into a, a grocery store to get just their daily food. And then they were being faced with the problem to get out of line to go to the restroom. Then they have to get back in the back of the line. Meanwhile, this is all going on. The governor is using her office funds, the, the government funds, to buy $300 steaks, Wagyu steaks, and they were having big parties in the governor's mansion. And of course, they were keeping social distancing is what the article says. And, and they were all wearing masks for sure. Never mind the five bottles of tequila that was on the shopping list and uh, was, was purchased. So the article mentions the grocery gate, but it also talks about the hush money that was paid out to one of her staffers. He claims that she poured cold water in his lap and then uh, grabbed his crotch and uh, was whatever was going on. He filed charges, and so then she's paid out at least 62000 in hush money. That, again, is uh, gets very close to skirting the law. A lot of people have pointed out uh, different politicians that have done that, and so she just joined a very long list. Then they also point out that she's paying her daughter to get her hair done. We talked about that earlier in the program. And so it's just one scandal after another for this governor. Forget the fact that they overpaid $250 million in unemployment claims. We talked about that last week. So you get the sense that this governor doesn't know how to find people who will adequately carry out the duties of their office. Plus, the bureaucracies are full of corruption. So the political appointees, even under a governor, will have very little influence. I think it's time to clean out those agencies and start from scratch. It's, I don't see a way to cure them with the people who are inside the agencies right now. I just have to wonder, Steve, we talk about these things on this show, but it's also been on some of the major TV channels in New Mexico and the newspapers. Why aren't people outraged at this governor for doing these things? Well, a lot of them voted for her and support them, and then it's kind of a blind faith. I talk to people all the time, and they say, well, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it's what has gotten us to this point in our state's history, that we have no future. We have cities like Grants, which is in the process of not having any money to pay their bills. You know, what I've uh, heard, Steve, is seat. the reason that they don't get upset is because it's the way it's always been here. There's no, yes, there's nothing new. Always, yeah, that's uh, that's a fair assessment also. Just breaking news before this Labor Day weekend. Allegedly, the Albuquerque Police Department shut down a UPS store in Albuquerque. Evidently, they had uh, COVID cases there that caused alarm or something. But we'll be watching throughout this Memorial Day weekend to see if this is just a one-time occurrence or if the governor is actually going to start trying to clamp down on businesses. And if she does, then uh, New Mexico is going to suffer even worse. Let's take a look at the results from the election on June 1st for United States Representative in District 1 in New Mexico. That is Bernalillo County, Torrance County, part of Valencia County, part of Sandoval County, and a little bit of Santa Fe County. Now, the heart of the race was between Republican Mark Moores and Democrat Melanie Stansbury. Melanie Stansbury did win 60% to 36% for Mark Moores. When we break it down by county, we see that in Santa Fe County, Mark Moores actually won 55 to 38%. Now, that's the part of Santa Fe County that's in the East Mountains, which tends to be more conservative rather than the actual city of Santa Fe. Valencia County, again, a bit more conservative than Albuquerque and Bernalillo County, where Mark Moores won 49% to 44%. In Torrance County, Republican Mark Moores won 54% 
to the Democrat Melanie Stansberry's 33%. Also interesting to note the independent candidate, Aubrey Dunn, who's from Torrance County, got 9% there. There's a very small strip of CD1 in Sandoval County, which in the Rio Rancho area tends to be more conservative, and Republican Mark Moores lost their 36% to Democrat Melanie Stansbury's 59%. Bernalillo County has the largest population of CD1 because it encompasses Albuquerque, where Republican Mark Moores got 34%, to Democrat Melanie Stansbury's 61%. So in total, as we look at the whole district, independent candidate Aubrey Dunn got 3%, Libertarian Christopher Manning got 1%, Republican Mark Moores got 36%, and Democrat Melanie Stansberry got 60% of the vote. Just under 29% of registered voters in the district came out to vote in this election. The Democratic Party of New Mexico Chair Jessica Velasquez released this statement on Tuesday night after the election. Democrats sent a clear message during the election that we're not taking anything for granted when it comes to electing leaders who fully represent our values. While the GOP rallied on fear-mongering and lies, Democrats were building an expansive field program and working to get out the vote. We know the importance of electing strong Democrats like Melanie Stansberry, and we continue to build on that momentum as we work toward 2022. End quote. Do you believe what DPNM Chair Jessica Velasquez said there? You can't help but wonder in the commercials for Melanie Stansberry, where she says she's brought in all this money from Santa Fe to deal with a crime problem in Albuquerque, then why is the crime problem so high? She doesn't deny endorsing the BREATHE Act. The BREATHE Act proposes to divest taxpayer dollars from policing and invest in alternate, community-based approaches to public safety. Basically, that's sending out unarmed social workers to deal with police matters. How'd you like to sign up for that job? If you would like to find out more about your Republican Party of New Mexico, you can do that several ways. You can start by looking at the webpage. That's www.gopnm.org. You'll get the latest news, upcoming events, information about their elected officials, voter resources, and all kinds of important and useful information about the party and its mission. You can also listen to previous editions of this program. The party has a Facebook page and a Twitter account. The handle is at New Mexico GOP. If you would like to talk to somebody in person, call party headquarters at 505 505- 298-3662. That's 505-298-3662. For Steve Pierce, I'm Derek Underhill. Thanks for joining us, and we look forward to talking with you again next week right here on Inside New Mexico.